0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of NICE Talks. I'm Matthew Brown, part of the Media Relations team at NICE. In this episode, we'll be learning about the work of NICE's Public Involvement Programme. We'll hear from Laura Norburn, Senior Operations Manager for NICE's Public Involvement Programme, and Joe Jerome, Chief Executive of Thrombosis UK.
1: I'm Laura, and I'm a Senior Operations Manager in our Public Involvement Programme here at NICE. So the Public Involvement Programme is a small team who work across NICE to ensure we have appropriate and meaningful patient and public involvement across all the different pieces of work that NICE does.
0: And what does the Public Involvement Programme do?
1: We have three main functions. One is in engaging with external stakeholders, be that voluntary and community sector organisations, or individual patients, people who use services, carers, their families and the public and we work to help them engage with NICE to support their involvement throughout the development of each piece of NICE's work. Our sort of second role is around providing training, information and support for people who sit on our committees. So we have lay members who take part in all of our committees and one of the roles of our team is to help them throughout their time on a committee and provide training on some of the more technical aspects of NICE's work and to give them a place where they can discuss how their work is going, discuss any issues, challenges, or successes that they're having on their committee. And our third role is working with teams within Nice itself, both developing new methods and processes for patients and public involvement, reviewing how that's working, whether it's working well or making improvements, but also working with some of our external partners, such as our external guideline developers, to again ensure that patient and public involvement mechanisms and processes are fit for purpose and and, and working well.
0: Why does NICE involve patients and charities on its committees?
1: Patients and people who use services, carers and families, have a unique perspective to offer on a particular committee. So NICE, as we know, is an evidence-based organisation. We look and we find and we evaluate the best available evidence. But the patient or a carer is the only person really in the room who can give that lived experience of having a particular condition or caring for someone with a particular condition or from being from a particular population that we might be looking at. So they're able to give the very kind of impact for them information how a particular conditional treatment impacts on day-to-day life and fill in some of the gaps in the evidence around outcomes that might be important for patients. In terms of our charity and voluntary and community sector stakeholders, again, they have a unique insight into some of the issues for people with particular conditions or from particular population groups. And they're also able to bring a collective voice. So in many cases, our voluntary and community sector partners will have networks of people that they work with and they can come together to bring that collective experience to help inform NICE guidance and to be part of developing it.
2: I'm Jo Jerome, I'm Chief Executive for Thrombosis UK and I'm also a member of several NICE committees and have engaged with NICE for the last 10 to 15 years.
0: Can you tell us a bit about your work with NICE?
2: My work with NICE originally started in approximately 2010 when I was responding on behalf of a health charity around heart rhythm disorders to a single technology appraisal. So I first responded to their consultation form and then registered um, with an interest and became the patient representative on that committee. Since then, I've been involved with probably about eight or more single technology appraisals, device reviews, quality standards, guidelines, scope and updates, and also the very first patient decision-making aid uh, which NICE developed and published in 2014. And then in more recent years, my regular committee with NICE is on the indicators committee.
0: So what does your work with NICE involve?
2: My work with NICE involves sharing patient experience in fields where I have experience. I care for family members with long-term conditions and also have worked for health charities. And so my passion and my work with NICE is to share the experience of what impact the condition and the current therapies have on the individuals in that health area and also to put forward challenges in this and how guidelines or therapies or quality standards, all sorts of things, can help improve the patient experience, patient safety, um, patient health and prevention.
0: How do you feel NICE works with patient groups like yourselves?
2: Well from when I first started, which I found very daunting, the forms were quite complex and entering a room with approximately 30 experts in their field, I have been overwhelmed with how NICE have really tried to work and support patients to be involved they completely value the patient experience they want to know what is it actually like to live with this condition and what does the current systems therapies options have and an impact on the health and also the the well-being and the lifestyle of that individual and those affected by that condition and to do this there's always somebody to support and to talk to you if you're not sure about how to respond what something means They encourage you to share your experiences and listen and hold them as equal value in that room. And they also offer training throughout the year on a regular basis so that there is opportunity to talk with others, learn from other experience and also be trained by my staff about how to become involved, how to respond the important things that can really make a difference to your voice and your experience being heard in that consultation.
0: Do you think NICE's work with charities to help patients has been a success?
2: I think the work that NICE does with charities is successful. What it has helped in my own experience is that when guidelines are well informed and then published, it enables charities to firstly work with patients who may not have the information or may not be clear how to access a therapy that may benefit them, to take that information, to provide it for them and also to access and have that discussion with their healthcare professional about how this may bring benefit to them. And it becomes an access opener regardless of who you are or where you live. I think also for us in my own work we run a lot of educational programs for healthcare professionals and a quite an important part of this is looking at NICE guidelines and how we can implement them sharing good practice around this and feeding back when appropriate to NICE about challenges within this so it becomes a two-way learning program so I think guidelines have really helped to support improved healthcare for patients and delivery of healthcare for healthcare professionals.
0: Is there a particular example you could give us of where a patient or patient organisation has had an impact on NICE guidance?
1: Well I think the involvement of patients, the public and the voluntary community sector organisations makes an impact, you know, continually through that development of our guidance. But a particular example I can share is where a technology appraisal we did for a drug for the treatment of ankylosing spondylitis. We held a draft guidance consultation where we ask our stakeholders to comment on our draft recommendations and an organisation called the National Ankylosing Spondylitis Society responded to that and they felt that our draft guidance didn't effectively um, reflect the needs of, of the patients they represented so they carried out a survey of their members and received over 800 responses in two weeks which is an incredible response and they collated the results of that survey and sent that back to us as part of their response to our guidance. As a consequence of that feedback, we did change the final guidance and the patient input helped to make additional treatments available and enabled patients to switch treatments when they needed to. That is an example of the impact that organisations have made. And I just sort of want to acknowledge the time and effort that volunteering community sector organisations and patients and people involved in our committees do make to our work and the time and the effort they take to be involved. So I'm very grateful to them for that.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Nice Talks. If you're not already a subscriber, and you've liked what you've heard, hit the subscribe button now. And also recommend us to a friend or colleague. You'll find us on social media too, search at Nice Join us again next month for another episode. Thank you and goodbye.